friends, and welcome. I'm Joe. I'm Fiorelise, and this is the Esoterics Podcast. Hi, Fior. What is going on this week? Um, not too much. It was just my birthday. We, re- we recorded this a few days, you know, before we before this releases. So yeah, uh, my solar return. And uh-huh. Overall, it's been good. It's been it was a nice weekend and just relaxing with the family. Nothing crazy. How about you? I know you had your friends in town. How how'd that go? Yes, but first, yay! Happy birthday! Thank did, you. Did you get any? Did you get any good presents? Oh, my kids gave me some really sweet gifts. Yes. Oh, yay. Mm-hmm. So presents, presents. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I know that it's not about the receiving, but it's sometimes about the receiving, <laughs> especially yeah. on birthdays, right? Yeah. And my husband and I are going to do like an activity because I'd rather do like, I'd rather do activities than go do things. stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know, I kind of would too. I'd rather go and have an experience and an adventure, you know, than mm-hmm. actually, you know, oh, yeah. here's this lovely robe. Thank you. you sure. Know. The mm-hmm. robe you wear, like you know, for two minutes. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I had my um, uh, one of my oldest friends and her husband come into town on Friday, and um, so there was zero work done. I didn't do any work. Um, I barely <laughs> checked, um, you know, social media just to make sure everything was running. And then, and then um, we um, we went all over. I took them over uh, Friday. We went to a really cool brewery and then they have some friends that also live here. So we all met up and that was a really oh, cool. fun time. Um, and then Saturday we just did like, you know, things around Portland. It was funny because Lisa, um, that's my friend. She was like, um, are we going to go to a bar? <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, Lisa, you can't see Portland from a bar. <laughs> so she didn't care. She's like, I want a beer and I want some food. Um, you know, she's kind of a foodie. So she was really digging the food trucks. She had like oh. one of those sushi burritos for the first time. Oh my God. I love those things. You guys, if you've never had a sushi burrito, they are the best. Yes. It's this giant sushi roll that is Mm -hmm. never ending. They're delicious. It's like a giant hand roll, basically. Yes. Yes. I actually had a sushi chef that told me like, because I used to go eat all you can eat sushi. He said the Get the best bang for your buck. Get hand rolls because you're getting the least amount of rice to fish ratio and you're not going to get full up as much. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. That's it. You know, I don't know if they have any hand rolls. You could get these in regular size or mm. mega size. And I'm like, okay. what the fuck does a mega size look like? Because the regular <laughs> size is, yeah. Um, let's see. So Saturday. And then we, we just did some fun stuff around town, hung out here a little bit. Um, and then Sunday we went to the ocean, we went to the coast. So mm. Manzanita, beautiful and did like a loop and went up the Oregon coast, um, to went past Cannon beach and seaside and Astoria and then came back down. Um, mm. and then I had to take him to the airport, um, the next morning. So, um, we got mm. breakfast real quick. And so it was sad. I cried. I, I, I already missed them, but Aww. yeah, it was nice to have some, some of my, you know, my people here. Yeah. Do you have a place like that you have to take everyone like when it's their first time coming to Portland? You know, I mean, there are different things and it seems to depend on different people. Mm, I mean, the mm-hmm. big thing is, you know, I like to take them like downtown and show them all the bridges, you know, and go mm. across the bridge, like the Burnside bridge into like old town, because that's really where you see the iconic Portland sign. Oh, okay. 
you know, um, you know, maybe going across the bridge into into Washington and Vancouver and stuff, but, Mm. um, no, not really. Every people, everybody's different. Lisa didn't want anything to do with touristy stuff. She wanted to (laughs) tour the breweries and the food carts. She don't. She she didn't want some voodoo donuts. <laughs> no, she's like, yeah, I want. I guess she's like, no. There's a bunch of homeless people out there. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, those aren't homeless people. Those are tourists waiting to get in. <laughs> Welcome to coastal towns. That's how coastal towns are. No, my God. Yeah, they were bad. The, the last time I went to Cannon Beach this summer, it was just packed and miserable. I hated it, which is why I didn't mm. want to go back, but we did drive through this time so they could see it. And mm-hmm. it was, it was, um, it was really dead. It, well, mm. it wasn't dead, but it was, but I learned something. So we went to Astoria mm-hmm. and Astoria is where the Goonies took place. Okay. And so there's lots of Goonies, you know, we went to the Astoria brewery and they have all sorts of Goonies t-shirts, uh. but, but Cannon Beach is where Haystack Rock is, and that's where the big ship came out. Oh. And it's a short distance between the two, but, um, uh-huh. you know, I didn't realize that it was the entire, well, it was just that stretch of the coast the, through the entire movie of the Goonies. So. Oh, okay, that's cool. Goonies, yeah. Goonies trivia. Yep, I'm going to have to watch it again just to check it out. So, okay, cool. What Do we have any announcements? What's going on? Yes, we do. All right. So we have Journey of the Wild. We still have um, two spots tentatively. So mm-hmm. probably more like one. We'll see. Right. Um, so that is our soul medicine retreat. And that is taking place November 5th through November 7th in Idlewild, California. And this is your opportunity to join Joe and I for a weekend of connecting to our soul and aligning with our higher self through breathwork, meditation, Reiki, Akashic Journeys, Sound Bath, Crystal Jewelry Making, so, <laughs> so much stuff, much. you guys. So, so much, much stuff. <laughs> um, and also get the chance to begin exploring with the plants of Mesoamerica. Um, so all our snacks, food, beverages, all that will be provided um, to support the weekend's activities. So it's all vegetarian, vegan to be in alignment yeah and the space that we're hosting it at is a beautiful home surrounded by nature yes and so it's gonna support you know the feelings of peace relaxation comfort so if you would like to join us or maybe you um, know somebody who would benefit uh, visit the esoterics podcast website that's esotericpodcast.com and again, your enrollment includes accommodations, meals, snacks, and beverages, but it does not include travel expenses. But there are payment plans available. So please check out uh, our website and uh, you can message us directly through there. Yeah, and join us. Um, when you went to Idlewild for that um, weekend with your family, mm-hmm. did you drive by the retreat space? Uh, no, I didn't. No, I, I didn't. I, um, it, Idlewild's not that big. So yeah. I have a general idea of where where it's at. Yeah. All right. I was wondering if you saw it firsthand, but the pictures online are so gorgeous, Just which is why we picked it. I was going to, but then I don't want to look like a stalker in case I have cameras <laughs> outside. There were people there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hi. Mm-hmm. Don't mind me. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, let's see. Well, I have transferred uh, my most popular classes to digital format, and I'm in the process of that. So you can snag them at any time. Um, and I'm also working on an intuitive development course, as well as a course to open your own Akashic Records. And I'm going to be spending a little bit more time at the bench, which means I'm going to start um, creating some intuitively designed jewelry. I may open um, my bench up for a couple orders where I um, take a stone and I use your, I open up your Akashic record and I use your numerology and your sun sign, your astrology to design um, a, a, like a, a piece for you that works with your own personal energy. That's so um, cool. It's so cool and um, it's so fun and it's just the best process. I, I don't like to take commissions because I don't want I want to make what I want to make, but mm -hmm. for these, I get to make what I want to make, but it's based on your mm. um, numbers and energy and astrology and stuff. So um, I think I might um, do that here, maybe one or two before Christmas. So Awesome. All right. Okay. What are we talking about today? We're going to talk about uh, deaf doulas, ghosts, and earthbound spirits. This is October. Um, what did uh, I saw the word Spooktoberfest or something the oh. other day? And I was like, <laughs> all right, I guess. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just going to keep making up words. <laughs> right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So today we're going to get into uh, talking about the spooky dooky stuff. All right. All right, so let's start by exploring what exactly earthbound spirits are, because there's a lot of, you know, questions surrounding that. Mm -hmm. um, are they ghosts? Are they residual energy? Are they restless spirits? Or are they something completely different? Let's talk about why these spirits are still here, and then also how to help them cross over, which is sort of when we get into the topic of death doula. Um, okay. Which is kind of a morbid name, if you ask me. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, there's other terms for it that I prefer, which I'll get into later. Mm. All right. Now, because earthbound spirits no longer have bodies, they need a source of energy that's grounded in the physical in order to stick around, right? In order to be ghosts, they have to have a source of energy. Okay. Um, and this is the reason why those earthbound spirits can be found in places with a lot of people, right? Like hotels um, or in places where a lot of death has occurred, battlefields, cemeteries, funeral homes, hospitals. I am a freak for those shows on the Travel Channel, all uh -huh. of them, right? Right now I'm like into the woods or something. That's such a good one. But whenever they have any of those paranormal shows, they're always taking places in like old deserted hotels, prisons, or mm -hmm. hospitals. Yep. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Because there were a lot of people there. Yeah. And now why, why do they like all those people? Because if they don't, they need an, a renewable energy source in order to move around, move things, you know, pull energy from us. We'll get into that too. So, okay. you know, they need a lot of people. Okay. What happens is they become confused about where to go. Um, they don't know what's happened to them, you know, and so this, when they die, mm -hmm. and so, um, you know, this can cause them to become trapped, especially if they're not aware that they're dead. Okay. <clears throat> so this is also why helping spirits cross over is um, a really cool skill for mediums and lightworkers. Yeah. Okay. That's very cool. All right. So basically when a human dies and they leave their physical bodies, they usually just move into the light, right? Go into the light, go into mm -hmm. the light just to go right. home. 
But in some cases, a spirit decides, you know, I'm going to stay in the physical world, um, you know, so they miss that opportunity to cross over into the light. I've heard that the, the light closes, but I've also heard that it never closes. So who knows? Right. And I know like for me, for the way that I was raised when somebody would pass, and this is, I believe it's a Catholic thing. We would go and we'd pray. Um, we'd pray for seven days because oh. the belief is, is that you need to pray for them in order for them to be able to make it through the light. Like, Oh, to, that's beautiful. Yeah. Right. Cause it's a, it's a, a bunch of people bring them in and a bunch of people send them out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, this the, the reason that they get trapped, right? There's any number of reasons, but mm-hmm. um, what happens is that's the result. That's a ghost. That's what a ghost is, is trapped energy. Okay. Um, now, why would they be resistant to crossing over? Because some are just like, nope. Well, um, maybe their death was quick and unexpected, right? S- such as a car crash or an accident. Right. Um, and they don't know that they're dead. Uh Um, that's very common. Um, maybe they need to stick around to complete some other unfinished business. (laughs) Revenge. Maybe (laughs) (laughs) kick that bitch's ass. Um, maybe they fear judgment, um, from a higher power. That's one that I found to be the most interesting is that a spirit's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that because I'm going to, I'm going to get judged. I'm going to go to hell. I was a bad person, quote unquote, which, you know, they lose that once they cross over. There's no fear. There's no worry. There's no doubt or anything like that. But if we don't cross over, we are basically consciousness without a physical body. I see. Okay. Or the uh, uh, another really common one is, is that they find it too difficult to leave leave the earth plane while their families are grieving or you know they worry about how their loved ones are going to get along you know well i'm not there i've Mm. left a mess all that stuff so yeah those are legit reasons i think i've heard of all of these like i i've i've had like not necessarily personal experiences but i've heard like firsthand stories of people dealing with all of these i know that a lot of these come up in movies right where mm-hmm. um like what's that movie? ghost is a big one right he doesn't want to leave he doesn't want to leave her mm-hmm. yes uh but um the the lovely bones i know that was a good one yeah Such a good movie. yeah that um and actually my so my reiki teacher um we in in reiki we were taught how th- there's a there's a certain symbol that we can do to help somebody cross over um but she brought this up and so she taught it to us but she brought up that um the car crash thing there had been a, an accident that happened um nearby her home this girl <sighs> I don't know exactly the story, but she was like ended up getting in a in a van with some friends with some guy, and then at some point she freaked out like like the guy was going the wrong way or something, and she freaked out like he's gonna hurt us or he's mm-hmm. gonna hurt me, and she and she um threw herself out of the van and she ended up dying, mm-hmm. um and she was at my Reiki teacher was at a gas station and her her energy came up her you know her ghost mm-hmm. was there and she was confused like i don't know why i'm here and Aww. she helped she helped her cross over right there getting gas i love that yeah uh yeah but yeah so all all of these all of these yeah that's definitely I, i've heard another another way to put put this like how you said it's it's consciousness without a body mm-hmm. yep. but also they they can be lost soul pieces which yep. is yep. Same, same thing 
It's the same thing, but it's mm-hmm. but it, it goes a little bit deeper because they're dealing. Those are tend to be lower entities or mm-hmm. lower level entities, and they're dealing. They're struggling, and it's not that they're lower level entities. It's that their vibration is lower because they're stuck in that loop, right? That's what a soul right. piece. In my my teachings, is that a soul piece is like a loop. Mm. Uh huh. Okay. But okay. So as a medium, I can tell you that in all of my readings, I've never had an interaction with a client with an earthbound spirit. I just don't, I, I could, I've said this before. I could walk into a house and be like, huh? Like no idea it's haunted. Uh, That's just not what I'm tuned to. But I have experienced earthbound spirits one time in a house. There's this old man and I hated this hallway. And I'm like, there's an old man up here and he's mean. <laughs> I was afraid to go down the <laughs> stairs because they didn't want to push me. And then my Ooh. friend ran down in front of me. I'm like, bitch, don't leave me up here with this old mean old man. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Turner Dodge house in Lansing, um, very, very, very haunted. And I was like, Ooh, I got to get out of here. So, mm-hmm. uh, earthbound spirits, that's a good segue. They tend to, um, f- be found in houses they lived in as a human, mm. um, as well as other buildings and spaces that they spent a lot of time in, like, like places that they feel a familiar or a huge draw. And this is a common cause of haunted houses. Yeah. Um, very interesting, but yeah, they're just, you know, they're just a human with nobody. Right. Yeah. I know when we went to the Whaley house in San Diego and I talked about this before that, that Whaley house is full of, full of them, full of them. Yeah. Yeah. There's too much, there's way too much stuff that happened. What do you think they want? Like, why hasn't somebody gone in there and been like, go into the light? What do you guys want? Because it's a tourist attraction and it attracts people. And I think, like you said, it's because there's it's a tourist there's attraction. a lot there's of people. All the people just constantly go, coming in and out. Mm-hmm. So they're there. a lot there. of energy to draw. A lot, a lot of energy they're feeding yep. on. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people, myself included, right, when I first started learning about all of this and um, our earthbound spirits, are they malicious, right? Are mm. they evil? Are they demons? Are they going to throw things at you and stuff? But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, listen, it, it's not common. It's just not common. And there are so many psychic mediums that would tell you the same thing. They connect with beauty and love and peace and wonderful messages much more so than, oh, we got an asshole spirit, right? Like I told you about one uh-huh. in that in that house. It's mm-hmm. just, it's not common. Um, it's not common that they're, that they're, that they're malicious. Or, or that they're mean. malicious. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Um, I mean, a well-meaning it's 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 much more likely that they're just like you or me, a well-meaning human who is afraid, confused, or dazed. Now, mm. look at it this way. You have those people in your life or people that you know who are angry, mean, just mean old cusses, right? Or people that are negative or just hate the world. It's right. not that they're horrible people. They've just had really bad life experiences. They hate themselves or they hate their lives or whatever. And it comes out as anger, mean-spirited, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Same thing. That's what's going on with a ghost. What makes them scary is you can't see them. And so they could be trying to mess with you and you wouldn't know. I don't, I don't care for that. Uh, so technically there's really no reason to fear them per se. Okay. <laughs> but I'm, okay. I'm putting a little caveat there, right? Cause who doesn't fear a ghost? Like I don't, I don't want it. Even those 
damn ghost hunters on all of those paranormal shows. Like they still like, what the hell is that? What is that? What is scratched me? <laughs> Dude, you're there hunting them. What do you what do you why freaking are want? You, why are you here? Why? <laughs> you know, instead of like, oh cool, look at this. Wow, I got a scratch across my back with three claws, which I wouldn't do that either. No. But anyway, so yeah, they're not gonna throw chairs or shatter windows, you know, and for the most part, you know, ghosts mm -hmm. don't seek to scare us. And remember, I just want to put a little caveat here. Ghosts are different than poltergeists. Pol poltergeists are um, typically self-generated energy that is, you know, through telekinesis oh, and all that I've stuff. I've heard of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll talk about that um, some other time. Uh, yeah, so they're just simply stuck energy that remains in a physical location or they can attach to an object or a person. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Ugh, like a creepy doll. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like Annabelle. <laughs> that that freaks me out i don't like that at all no. and you know we you know what where it comes from for me is because i grew up um watching chucky like <laughs> my parents took me to the movie theater yes the drive-in movie theater and we watched child's play i think they thought because it was called child's play that it was appropriate for uh i think i must have been like five or six. Oh my god that's yeah. terrifying my parents they, they did some traumatic shit to me You're like inadvertently <laughs> Your mom, all of your mom's stories crack me up. Oh I can't my god! Even stand it. So yeah, I'm not a fan of dolls. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> all right, so did you have nightmares? Like, I I just remember being really freaked out about the whole thing, about the whole like, and I hated things with stripes, and I did not like overalls. Like there was a lot like to unpack out of out of what came out of that because I was like. Uh, no. You know, there's a series out now, Chucky. He's got his own series now. Oh no! Yeah, he and Jennifer Tilly. She like she's like we're back. Oh. All right. Here's why any haunted doll stories are sort of like fuck that doll, okay? <laughs> because first off, kick them. You can send them away from you, but they always sneak up behind you and cut your Achilles like like the little baby did in the pet cemetery. And you can't hear those dolls sneaking up on you because they have those soft feet. So that's like fuck dolls. No, no, no dolls. No, no, no dolls. dolls in the house. None. No. And then there's people who collect those creepy dolls like the Victorian dolls. Yeah. You know, yeah. They're going to kill you in your sleep. So you Absolutely. might as well just nope. get them nope. out of there. All right, then we've gone off on our doll tangent. Um, okay, now, back to are they malicious? All right, now here's why it can feel like they are. Okay. So they typically project, you know, um, a heavy, nervous, or fearful feeling because that's how they're feeling. Remember, they have a human consciousness. Um, now, I, like I said, I don't typically sense earthbound spirits, but on the rare occasions I do, it feels like anxiety right? Mm. Um, others will find them, will feel them like a cold spot um, because they draw out your body heat and so you feel cold. What about you? How do you experience like uh, weird energies? I only mostly caught like light orbs. Um, oh, cool. And yeah, it just feels like a, a heaviness on my chest. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. 
All right, so um, the ghost um, or an, a disembodied spirit or, you know, um, earthbound spirit, whatever you want to call them, they create a very dense feeling in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you walk into a room and you suddenly feel like that heavy blanket has been dropped, you may be in either the presence of a ghost or any remnant energy. Now, remnant energy is, it's like that's more of what we call like the loop where it's this energy that just plays over and over and over, a lot of EVP are um, some will interact with you but others are um, remnant energy like when you hear a footsteps um, uh-huh. or when they pick up footsteps or you that that's remnant energy mm. which is just as freaking creepy yeah <clears throat> no yeah. sage no amount of sage is gonna get rid of that one um but anyway so but some earthbound spirits they don't have a form and they're really not noticeable beyond their effect on energy and I, pff, that's really where i am like i don't notice them you know mm, yeah so yeah i have not been into like a I, I, the whaley house thing we did that was a few years ago and i haven't been into anything like that really recently i mean you know quarantine right. and all that stuff i haven't been anywhere um I'm interested to see like yeah. how I feel like I'm going to be more sensitive to it, to it now. And I'm going to like, feel like throwing up and not want to be in there. Ah. Like that's the feeling that I get. Like, it's so like, whoa. Yeah. A, a few weeks ago, um, I went to lunch with, um, a couple of friends and we went to, um, a, a McMenamin's. You, you have yes. your own McMenamin's experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And we went into this, it was a, it was a McMenamin's that had been turned into, uh, that, that used to be an old funeral home. And I was oh, so excited because I'm like, I'm going to feel the ghosts. I'm going to go uh-huh. into the bathroom by myself and I'm going to, uh-huh. not a damn thing. It was like Cornelius, yeah. uh, Yukon Cornelius and Rudolph, like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I think you probably just have very strong energetic boundaries. Damn it. No, I'm glad, but still. <laughs> Okay, attachments. And let's talk about attachments because um, they're not a bad thing. Now, listen, I've already pre sort of written up a little tangent that I'm going to go on. It's more like a venting session on psychic mediums who feed you a load of bullshit. But I'll get there gracefully in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) So spirits who take energy from those around them are called attachments. But the thing is, is that they can do this both intentionally and unintentionally. They don't know that they're doing it. So when an earthbound spirit attaches to a human, what they do is they actually attach to their etheric field. And I've talked incessantly about how powerful that aura or that etheric field is. It goes 15 feet out around us. It's got seven layers, three bodies. Like there's plenty of space for a ghost to attach to it. Yeah. And so the reason that it feels so draining is because they, they have no physical form and they need a way to ground and recharge their energy. And they're using you. They're like a, what are those bugs that attach to people and suck their stuff? Leeches. They're like a leech. Mm -hmm. So as the spirit runs low, it feeds off energy from those that it can or from its host, the attached person that it's attached to. Um, But now when they do it unintentionally, it's that's when the spirit attaches to someone that it feels connected to, right? Like a family member um, or a friend or a total stranger, you know, that they just like or find interesting. Um, That doesn't mean that it's evil. Right. Yeah. Like um, when we interviewed um, the mortician, 
Yeah. And she said that 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 boy that attached to her, it wasn't anyone she knew, Mm -mm. but it was like she had this connection because she stared at him for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So there was um, there was an episode on one of the paranormal shows and it was this lady was a a stewardess or a a flight attendant and she went to India and, um, you know, the, the little neighborhood boys, there was one that was getting you know, abused or beat up on by the local um, authorities there. And so, and she saved him one day. She's like, come on, run, you know, because they were going to beat him for talking to this lady. And um, she's like, it's just a little boy. Well, a a spirit saw that and was like, oh, she's kind and attached to her energy and followed her (sighs) all the way back, you know, to home, wherever that was in the United States. Mm -hmm. And then she started having paranormal experiences in her house and she called in a medium because she's like, what the hell? Right. (laughs) And the medium, (laughs) the medium was like, oh, and so they told her that she, she could stay. But mm-hmm. that she could attach to her energy, mm-hmm. um, and then they put things out for her. They ha- they made an altar for her, and they oh. they honor her. And sh- they, she said that it's a very copacetic um, um, energy, and that they can tell when she's around, and it feels very light and loving. Oh, I mean, sweet. I know that's very sweet, but me, I was like, set, go into the light, go into the light, poor thing. <laughs> I know. Oh. Anyway, so so they're not all, you know, they're not all jerks. Sure, yeah. So, yeah, now let's talk about psychics who tell people that they have an attachment, okay? Do you have oh, any, God. Do you have any stories about that? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I've I, I've just had so many that, that just say this to people all the time, like, oh, you have this thing on you and only I can remove it and it's going to cost you $4,000. Like, that's like so Girl. many red flags. <laughs> oh, my God. I get so pissed about that because, first off, it doesn't cost anything. There's no reason it costs $4,000. It doesn't take any time to, you know, help unless it's, um, you know, a, a bigger thing in which, you know what, refer mm-hmm. them to um, a shaman. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get into that. All right. So psychics who tell people that they have an attachment yet give no other information about the actual spirit. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. So if anybody tells you that they have an attachment, that you have an attachment, say, okay, well, I need more information. Okay. Yeah. Don't freak yeah. out and just say, right. So then you want to ask, um, you know, some questions. So the, first off, these are people who have no fucking idea what the hell they're talking about and certainly shouldn't be telling people stuff like that. Zero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A legit psychic will be able to identify a spirit attachment and get information. And they'll do that either psychically or via their mediumship. And I've talked before the difference between a psychic and a medium. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mediums interpret. Psychics sense. Um, they're more claircognizant. Mediums are more clairaudient. Okay. All right. So the first question should always be, who are you? Mm-hmm. What do you want? What's your name? Yeah. You know, all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and anyone who charges you to ask these questions or just charge you to remove it, it, they're full of shit. Okay. So a legit psychic medium will help you without charging. Shh. I'm not going to say should charging extra than, you know, more than you're already paying for their service. Right. If it, yeah, you it's know, like, if- like if you if you're doing Reiki and somebody mm-hmm. and you you sense an an energetic spirit in their field, first yeah. off, you're not gonna send them off and be like, well, come back when you got three thousand bucks. <laughs> no, just freaking shoo it away. Just just, <laughs> I think I think I do think that some people just make it more complicated than it needs to be. Yep. Because I mean, like 
uh, so my mother-in-law was told by a psychic that she has some kind of like attachment and it's on her family line. And yeah, she was the one that was told like it's going to be like several thousand dollars or whatever to remove mm-hmm. it. And my mother-in-law was like, you're full of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, but then I've also had a friend, I had a friend who went to go see a shaman. And the first thing she saw was like, yeah, you have, you have an attack, but it was an energetic attachment. It sure. wasn't like, it wasn't like a ghost thing. It was um, because her mom had done some pretty like black like dark black magic sure yeah so she had some just kind of like negative stuff attached to her mm-hmm. so she's like but i'm gonna i'm gonna remove it like this yes. is part of this it was part of the session like she removed it off of her so and in my opinion that's normally how it goes like you're already paying for a session with this person they see something get it to leave that's it. Well, isn't that really what, you know, happens when you work with a curandera? Like when you're, yeah. when they're, you're doing the limpia and you're doing all of the other things in there, you're actually cleansing the etheric field, the energy yep. you're sending, you know, ghosts yes. away, like go be gone, yep. get out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So anyway, yeah, don't people, please do not pay any money. Reach out to somebody that you trust, you know, find a shaman um you know or you know uh, uh well we'll get into that there's in a even minute. stuff you can do yourself too are, are you going to give them tips on how to get rid of stuff yes absolutely so okay. we're going to get okay. into that's when we sort of segue into um the the um, death doula but cool okay. first right now how do you what does it feel like if you have a negative um entity or you know you you you're you've got a negative an attachment okay mm-hmm. so in most cases, the spirit's negative energy or the attachment, um, if it feels negative, um, it's essentially absorbed by us as the human host. Mm-hmm. And so as their positive, um, it, basically it's like having a parasite. I think I mentioned that earlier. Yeah. So you might find yourself feeling progressively more negative as thoughts and times go on. Now that is common. Um, and that is a personal haunting, a, you know, a, a negative entity. I'm not saying that I don't believe in attachments, but I'm saying that they're typically not as horrible or serious as they're made out to be right. Where yeah. you got to pay yeah. all this money. No. So um, there are some signs that you might have this or that this could be happening Mm -hmm. Um, and they're incredibly subtle. So that's why I wanted to cover this. So as a spirit drains and shares its negative energy, or it's not even really sharing its negative energy, it's draining yours. Okay. um, Worries and concerns and addictions and pains related to the way the spirit died can begin to appear in the human. This happens with Reiki practitioners, right? You take on, you can take on the, the medical symptoms of your client, medical empaths. So see, again, we're going to break this down to science. All of your clear abilities, your psychic abilities, your mediumistic abilities are all fired up and you're going to access the information from this attachment using those abilities, but you don't know that it's an attachment. So you think you're you know, I'm not going to, you, know, you, you maybe you're depressed or, or you're having physical symptoms or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. There's a medical disclaimer is see a damn doctor, but all right. Now an earthbound spirit doesn't take control though. Okay. So you're not being a tr- controlled by this attachment. Right. It's simply you're hosting it, which is not good. Even if it's a happy spirit, like it's got mm. to go, it's got yeah. to find its own energy source. Um. All right. Now, <clears throat> 
you might have changes in emotions and they can start to become um, intense and disturbing, which can lead to depression, anxiety, mood swings and physical symptoms, right? And so if you experience these type of symptoms, consult a licensed medical mental health care provider for diagnosis and treatment. Okay. Don't screw around and be like, ah, I got an attachment. Just yeah, go see a doctor. So like I said, also remember the science behind being a sensitive and HSP an intuitive psychic or an empath. You simply need to claim your energetic boundaries and evict any energy that isn't yours. Now I know it's not as easy as I make it out to be. I've been doing it for years. I can do it, you know, but consistency, 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 the more that you do it, the yeah. better you get at it. Um, you know, and just tell the spirit, you know, like Fiora's mom dub, get the fuck out, leave, go, you know. <laughs> fuck out of this house. <laughs> the spirit is not welcome. They're not wanted and they're certainly not supported. And that's when you can consult, you know, a curandera, a shamanic practitioner or medium. A any of them can help with this yeah. process. So. Yeah, even what Sam said, you know, because she's she does the paranormal investigations, and yeah. she said that a lot of the times they they try to come home with her, so she just sets she you know grounds mm -hmm. her energy really well before she goes in there, and when she leaves, and then she also goes home and takes an Epsom salt bath. Right, those are pretty simple things that you can do to yep. clear stuff up. No, you just got to clear it out. So, it, but I mean, we're not simplifying it. We know it can be scary and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, it's something that educate yourself before, you know, falling prey to, you know, um, lore or fear. All right. So that leads us to the topic of death doula, which, like I said, I hate that. I hate that term, but um <laughs> They're also known as end-of-life coaches, death midwives, and end-of-life guides, which mm. I think end-of-life guides is really lovely. Okay, so what do you know about ha – have you heard about them, Fiora? Have you – what do you know about them? I've uh, I've never heard of a death doula. Um, I do know that – I think in probably Christian practices too, but I know in uh, in Catholic practice, there's like the different rites that you go yeah. through. Right. Yep. And, and your last one is, is your death, the, the death. I don't know what they call it. I'm not, I'm not a, I wasn't sure, a sure, Catholic, sure. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's your, basically your, your death, right? It's like your, your last, you know, uh, so the, the priest comes, the father comes and you do your last set of confession. And it's basically your last confession before you cross over. That's as much as I know, as far as like things that happen or that services that people offer when someone is at the end of their life. So there's a trend um, that has been happening a lot. And it's oddly enough, I first learned of this. Um, it came up in an Akashic reading. It was, uh -huh. she was um, a psychic medium and it was, I saw her helping people cross over. And then I was like, I don't know what this is. And spirit said, this is what's called a death doula. Um, and the name just started popping up, you know, everywhere. And then once I saw it three times after I saw it in the Akashic records, I was like, what is this? <laughs> so I learned about it. So because it started popping up so much, I needed to have some information on it to share with my clients if it came up. So basically, using your natural abilities to help and communicate with those in spirit is super profound. Oh my God, you guys, it's wonderful. And so what's happening 
is that many psychic mediums are being called to learn more about the process of passing over by becoming the certified, you know, end of life coach or end of life guide or death midwife. Hmm. So a death doula is a non-medical person. And that's important, non-medical, who Mm -hmm. has specific training to help people um, care for someone at the end of their life, terminal patients. I always think of terminally ill patients. And they assist in the dying process, much like a midwife or a doula does with the birthing process. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just the crossing over. It, it's actually, you know, quite, it, there's a lot out there. Um, their whole programs. It's, it, it, visits with a death doula are generally done in the home with both the dying person and their loved ones. And the process begins after, you know, they create a plan. And that can involve Anything from A to Z, like planning Uh and gathering important documents and information. I mean, these are things that the people in the family can't do. Managing legal services, contacting an attorney to create wills and powers of attorney, beneficiaries, living trusts, all that stuff. Um, They secure digital assets and then they'll plan those final arrangements. Okay, let's go back to digital assets because... I'm really not that person who's like, girl, when I die, you got to come and clean off my hard drive. (laughs) You know, there are people that are like that. Yes. Yes. uh Uh-huh. Come clear my search history. (laughs) Right. Delete my social media. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what, um, you know, a death doula will do, but also then plan those final arrangements, right? Work with the funeral home and stuff. Um, But here's where they really become um, one-on-one where they, Conduct an end of life vigil. Um, you know, basically, they're present at the bedside during the final hours of a person's life, um, or they're there for things like talking to the person, reading, and listening. Sometimes the family can't be there because they have jobs or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, simply just sharing the silence or providing healing touch, Reiki, you know, all of that stuff. Um, they also serve as a supportive presence for the grieving family. And then um, they are trained. I mean, um, I won't say a legit death doula because remember, they're non-medical and they're mm-hmm. different programs. But um, um, I guess if I were going to hire one, I would look one who look for one who has had a grief training certification or something yeah. because of all the different stages of grief and the encouraging, you know, the family to speak about their grief is a natural process to help move that along. Um, you know, they just create this sort of safe, supportive space where they can, the family can process their emotions and, um, also then create a a self-care plan for the family so that the family can follow and prevent their physical and mental health from deteriorating while they process that grief. So it's really a beautiful, uh, you know, process. Um, Yeah. That somebody can help. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. And so you know, I just think it's beautiful. Now I will point out that there are, you know, many in like the funeral industry, oddly enough, are not big into, they're more into the science of it. They're not big okay. into mediums and psychics and they kind of laugh at it and have a disdain for the term death doula, which mm-hmm. I think is like, you know, don't be dicks. Just who cares what they call themselves? They're providing a beautiful service. Yeah. This whole process can be so difficult because it's as much as death is a part of life, we're not prepared for it. Like culturally, we don't, we just, we just don't. No, we don't celebrate. We don't always, we don't know. And we don't Mm -hmm. necessarily plan for it Mm -mm. either. I mean, 
I went through a lot of this when my when my dad passed away because it was, you know, an accident and it was so sudden that there was nothing other than him having a life insurance plan, which thank God he had that. We had nothing. We had nothing prepared or planned or anything. So and my mom was in such a state of, you know, just extraneous grief that she she had no headspace for any of it at all so i had to do all of it i mean everything from uh getting all the certificates and making all those phone calls and and even arranging the funeral and arrange uh, just everything picking out caskets which i'm just going to interject here and say like the whole like the funeral industry like and and that kind of stuff with with caskets and embalming and all that stuff such a fucking ripoff like (laughs) like I I mean my husband and I talk about this all the time I'm like just cremate me because all that is is fucking bullshit like I'm sorry but it's just that you know why do I need why are there caskets that cost twenty thousand dollars and other caskets that are five thousand dollars and you know why does it why does it have to cost so much for some shit you're gonna put in the ground like exactly just you know cremate me and you know put me put this body back into the atmosphere whatever let the bugs eat it like mm-hmm. let let the natural thing happen let I don't the natural know. That's thing me and there's people now where there are there's businesses or organizations where you can just just get you can get dehydrated and there's i mean there's all these okay beef jerky i <laughs> you get like put back into the earth somehow in the form of a tree so okay I've heard of that. Yes. And I'm down for that. I'm yeah. down to put my, if you want to like somehow mix my ashes and p- make a little tree sap and like go make me a tree, that's cool. Like I, I will do that. Um, yeah. I'm just not down for the whole like, there's so much stuff, so many components that go into that, that I'm like, why do we need this? And why do we even need to be embalmed? Even in the embalming process is oh. horseshit. Like we don't even need that. So anyway. Okay. So there is a group that I belong to and it's called Stairs in Mortician. I've listened to it before because we met um, Daniela or I met Daniela through there. Um, uh, she was the um, certified um, embalming specialist um, funeral director mm-hmm. um, episode ish was when we first started the pod. Mm-hmm. All right. And this group is really, they're very, they're very, they have a morbid sense of humor, but they allow zero disrespect. They don't allow stupid questions and all that stuff. But people will ask questions like that. Like, why is it so expensive? Why, what are all the steps? And they answer and it's very matter of fact, there's always a reason for it. So Mm -hmm. for what's required, there's a reason for it. Uh, And I'll get into like a piece that I never knew. Um, We're going to go off on a slight tangent here, but it's interesting. But that doesn't mean that that justifies the expense. Do you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. For instance, when a body is embalmed, um, and it and it it's it's it it's shown right, so it's a view. Right. They cover. They put the body inside like this plastic suit, and so that there are no leaks. But then they also wrap like all of these things, and they jam. You know, jam. They jam. They don't. They put you know cotton in all the orifices. So there's a lot to prevent, and it's all done. All of this stuff that's probably going to cost you know thousands of dollars just for yeah. the preparation mm-hmm. is all done to prevent leakage. Why yeah. do they prevent leakage? Because leakage stinks. Right. It's decomposition. So it's like. Yeah. 
fascinating, yeah. but still, it's like, I'm with you. Just yeah. fucking burn me. No, I understand that embalming is basically for the family. Like, it's so that that's people exactly can, what they said, yes. So that people can see the body after it's dead. But, like... Why is it like, so expensive? I, I just don't want you... No, I get it. Like, people got to get paid for the work that they do. I, I understand that there is an expense. I'm just saying, like, don't do that to me. No. Um, like, like, if you want to see what I look like, look at pictures of me and... Don't use a selfie of me. No. <laughs> <laughs> please, please don't do that. <laughs> to make your living will, no selfies of me are allowed. Just use regular pictures that somebody else took of me. Don't use my selfies, please. Don't do that. Isn't it hilarious? Sometimes some of the pictures that people use as like obituary pictures, and it's like you—that's the picture that you picked, really. Like they use like the picture of that someone took with the snapchat dog filter and got the dog ears and the dog tongue and i'm like really you put that like you put that for her like that's so fucked up like, shut up that's not real for real no yeah no i've really seen this done yeah oh my who would do that because these are the pictures that are readily available of people sometimes and that's what the you know i don't know it happens so so anyway I'll tell you what anybody does that to me that's one reason why my ass will not be going into the light or i will come back i'm like i'm Pulling and tugging at your feet at night. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, show up at the end of your bed with a big old grin that goes four feet wide. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's get back to um, the, um, we'll call the the end of life guide, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So helping spirits cross over. Okay. So it's nothing like you see in the movies, even on those damn paranormal shows, right? Um, all mediums that specialize in crossing over. Um, first off, it's a completely different um, energy and I'll get into that. But if you're going to help spirit cross over, you may need to try various techniques to do this. Why? Because the reason spirit is trapped will directly impact how to help that spirit move on, right? You can't uh, use the, the same technique for somebody who chooses not to go because they're like, I don't want to be judged mm -hmm. versus the same person who doesn't know that they're passed over. Different okay. techniques. Got All it. right. So here's some ways that you can help or if you are um, have an interest in helping spirits cross over. So first off, if you're not sure how to help spirits move on, the first energy that you can, you, you, you connect with your guides, right? Your mm -hmm. guides can escort the spirit to the other side if it's in their highest good, right? A guide won't do something that is not in the highest good of the spirit. Okay. Um, they can also direct you toward an intention or a prayer to help the spirit cross over yourself. Now, what I found is that people who some people do it naturally. It just happens. Others are guided to do this themselves because this is how they quote unquote find their purpose. They identify their purpose. It's a catalytic event where in order to become a death doula or a death midwife, they must first experience it. And then that will unlock something within their soul blueprint. And they're like, um, I'm supposed to do this, which they wouldn't be able to feel that same feeling if they hired somebody to do that or whatever. Um, now, for some, crossing over can be really terrifying, like I said, because they fear judgment. So you want to gently inform that spirit that they're headed into a loving divine light. There's no judgment, right? I, most most of us are reasonable. And, you know, so I, I think that, you know, hopefully that works. 
a lot of the suggestions on how to help spirits cross over say that comfort is the best approach for earthbound spirits who are unaware that they're dead. They don't know. Um, So let them come to terms with their death, but also communicate compassion as you let them know that they have nothing to fear. That would suck. It's like, wait, I'm dead. Yeah. What? Shit. So you can also offer to help them find their way and encourage them to follow the light. You know, just use, this is when you use your clear abilities to get the details of their current mindset or use your empathic abilities to sense or identify the details of who they are, right? Information that can help you know how to best approach or help them. Mm -hmm. So this is why, um, you know, this is where you would take it inward and you would say, all right, what am I sensing from this person? What am I picking up? What are my clear abilities, clear audience, clear sentience, clear cognizance? What information is coming to me in the moment? Yeah. Helping them cross over is really about encouraging them because they're scared, right? They don't know. And so there's just a little, a little process that I've um, included and I will include this in, um, on the esoterics Instagram account. Okay. First, you're going to want to ground and center your energy. Um, You're going to want to ask for help from your spirit guides, guardians, and angels. And you're going to ask the spirit if they know. First thing, have you know that your spirit has left your body? Because like I said, if they don't know, that's the first step. (laughs) (laughs) No, I have no idea. So if not, you want to explain this, that this is good news. You're like, okay, this is good news, right? You're going to do that in a kind and compassionate, but really matter of fact way. This is good news. You now have an opportunity to, you know, go into the light. You'll want to gather any identifying information. Like I said, using your clear abilities, you'll want to know their gender, their age, their cause of death. Um, Mm. Because what, because why? Because usually natural deaths are not traumatic and spirits typically cross over. So if they're earthbound, like I said, you know, we talked about earlier, there's a reason for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ask their name and see if they'll give it. So, you know, preparing them for crossing over just by telling them that their spirit team has left their body or that their spirit has left their body. Sorry. Um, and then it's time to go into the light to be with their loved ones on the other side. All of the sources say, yeah, tell them your loved ones are there. Go, go yeah. find them. Um, you know, tell them to look for the people that they love the most and then go to them. So. Yeah. When my, um, sorry, my, um, my husband's grandmother was on her deathbed. She, in the last day or so before she passed, she started seeing her, her son who had passed already. Yes. Yeah. started seeing her family members and she would, she would start, she was saying her, their names and, and talking to them. Yep. So that's how, I think that's how we knew because they they were there to guide her. They were there to take her. Yeah. I read somewhere that once the body um, gets to that stage, it begins the death process. The They're, um, they're like in the perpetual alpha state. And um, so that's why they can actually sense those fifth dimensional beings and they can like literally see them. Wow. I guess that's sort of a testament to how that's- powerful the alpha state is. That's comforting, though. Isn't it? It, it like, is. Like, right? Like, it's not this horrible thing. I mean, nobody wants to die before their time, but no. it can be a very beautiful thing. I think our culture, like you said, just needs to start creating beauty around it versus fear. Yeah, I think if I was, if I was, you know, old and and I knew that I had lived my whole life and I'd done all that, then I would be happy to see you know to see my parents to see you yep. know, my grandparents and and to see them mm-hmm. again yeah it's time it's it's yeah. just time 
Yeah. All right. Um, now you as an empath will feel it when spirit crosses over. So if you um, are engaged in, you know, end of life um, practices and helping spirits, um, how you know that it's um, this, that the spirit crosses over is number one, you should see it in your, um, or you may see it um, with using your clairvoyance or you'll sense it with your clairsentience or your, even your claircognizance. But Use your etheric field, your body, your empathic abilities to really get confirmation because there is an incredible surge of love, lightness, and a feeling of appreciation at the moment the earthbound spirit releases and they finally realize, oh, or they see the light or whatever. So this is them communicating with you, like their gratitude for your willingness to guide and help them. So it's very beautiful. Yeah. It's it's very, very beautiful. So... Oh. Yeah. So to wrap it all up, man, earthbound spirits and ghosts are simply humans who've passed over and have become um, residual energies. And some still have a consciousness. Those are not those that are in the loop. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they may be trapped or find it difficult to leave because of family, but you know, there are ways to help them pass over. So it's sort of the same concept when you have a spirit that you don't want in your house and you tell it, get out right? It's the same. This one, you say, hi, you know, who are you? Tell me a little bit about you. Um, You know, let me help you cross over. Yep. Uh, Thank you. That was wonderful. Yeah, you're a lot of really good information on that. It was, yeah, it was fun. I mean, I could have gone the spooky route, but route, but, um, you know, I I, I like, I like this one. I feel like this is actually more most helpful. Because there's all these stories that come up around this time, right? Like there's all the ghost stories and all, yep. you know, these. But it's so it's nice to have like, uh, it's almost like the the background information behind like, why is the ghost even here in the first place? So I like this. It's very uplifting. Yeah. We're not here to scare you. <laughs> do, we, do you have anything for the closing vibe? I do. Okay. So this episode is going to be released on the 8th. So you're going to be like about two days out from the, the new moon in, uh, in Libra. So this moon is very powerful for manifesting. Nice. So with Libra, because Libra is ruled by Venus, uh, and that's all, um, aesthetic and beauty, but also relationships and harmony. So if you're looking either to bring more harmony into your life or to manifest um, a certain relationship, whether it's romantic or it could be a business relationship, whatever it is, this is a good time to manifest. So I just wanted, and, and Joe and I are just going to give you a couple tips on what, how to, manif- how to manifest um, for anyone that this might be new to. Or even if you've already been doing it for a while, it doesn't hurt to have a little refresher or even just a new perspective. So... Um, I just wanted to share that this is the kind of the prompt that I like to use when I'm manifesting for myself. And that is, what would your life look like if you already had what you desire? So this is where you get into a quiet space, maybe meditate beforehand, and then silence silence your, your thoughts for, for a moment and concentrate on this question. And imagine, like, how would I be behaving if I already had what I wanted? What would my thoughts be? Uh, How would my perception look? And then what would I be 
doing to show gratitude or appreciation for that current situation. And then once you imagine yourself in that space, then accept that you are in that space. And that's pretty much just you're like fast forwarding yourself into manifesting. Radical acceptance. Um, so like Fiora mentioned, this actually, this the, the this episode will drop on the 8th, uh, which is Friday. But the full moon and the new moon energy is most powerful three days prior and three days after. So you really, um, if you don't, like you can do any sort of manifestation or intention um, processes um, up to like the ninth, I yep. think, right? Yeah. Yep. So, mm-hmm. so it's a still, um, um, it's a good energy to be able to do that in. Yes. And uh, well, one last thing: when manifesting, it is important once once you do this and you put yourself in that energetic space. It's about concentrating on who you are and how you feel in that space don't talk about what's missing or what you don't have, whatever. Um, this is about getting into the energy of where where you're going to be. And that that's the key word of that fact that you're going to be there. And then once you accept that, then imagine yourself as if you are there. Yes. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's what I found the easiest way for me to manifest is to focus intently on my most persistent thoughts. So take that energy of focusing on, you know, um, I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke, or the thing that I want isn't here, the thing that I want isn't in my life. And instead, you know, um, have your most persistent thoughts. So maybe create a mantra or an I am statement, which is really, really powerful. Mm -hmm. Something that once you realize that you're in that state or that energy of lack in your brain that you can then make this statement to switch yourself out of it. And it's going to take a minute, right? It's going to take some practice. You might have to, this might take a week to get into the process, but as long as you do it consistently, it will change it. You, you know, it's the same thing as developing a habit. It's not going to take 21 days to do that, to to figure that out. But your most persistent thought is the reality that you will uh, manifest um, you know, and Fiora and I have talked about this too. It's remember um, that that reticular activation system, right? I always yes. it's RAS, right? Mm-hmm. The brain doesn't know the difference between reality and daydreaming or visualization. That's right. why visualization is so so badass at, at manifestation. So um, it takes practice. It's you know, I'm going to be honest. So many people are do things like, and I'm not slamming these processes. Okay, I'm just saying that they're they don't work with the science. It, it, they, well, I'm not gonna say they don't, but um, you know, writing yourself a check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, it's fun, or um, doing things like um, I don't know um, jar spells. Right? Those are. I think that those are things that maybe could be similar likening could be likened to writing in your journal or writing affirmations or something. They're a process. They're doing something, you know, and, but what's really going to manifest that thing in reality is your thought. What are you thinking about that? So if you write that check and you're like, yeah, I want a million dollars. Come on, man. I mean, but if you don't believe it, yeah, yeah. you don't. Yeah. I think, I think the, the writing the checks thing and, 
jar spells and that kind of stuff is because certain people need the tangible yes in order for them to really get into the energetic space so i always say just you need to do what works for you yep that so if that if that works for you like do it works for you yeah so it just it's i think it's different you know depending on what the person needs yep just make sure that those practices that you do like you believe in them because if you don't then yeah um, they might be a little bit fruitless right Yay. So in October is a one month. Um, it's a month of new, a month of new beginnings. So all of the energy, so some really powerful days um, coming up are going to be 10, 10, um, 10, 11. Um, Ooh, yeah. Let's see what else? 10. Um, any of the others? It tends, well, for me, it would be 10, 17, but um, 10, 10, 10, 11. I'm trying to think anything else. Anything else break down to like ones, like one, one, one? Nope. One, one, one. I, that's a lot of math. I know. <laughs> it's numerology, which I'm trying to like <laughs> incorporate. But yeah, 10, 10 and 10, 11. Very, very powerful days. So. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't it be like 10, 19? Right? October 19th? Oh, 10 and then 1, that 9. Would be that 11. would be 11 days. Well, that's an 11 day, which is still powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. 10, 19 is a good one too. You yeah. guys do the math. I don't know. All right. I'll stick to the numerology. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, well, you can find us on all the socials under Esoterics Podcast and be sure to join our Facebook community, the Esoterics Group, where you'll hear firsthand about our services, events, and courses, as well as getting intuitive development tips, uh, new numerology tips, um, card pulls, free meditations. We have a free meditation coming out. Uh, this will be, um, there's a meditation coming up on October, October 6th, but this oh. won't be dropped in time, so... Um, anyway, so there's a lot more. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend and it would mean the world to us and it ensures the success of this podcast. Actually, I just want to mention, even though we had the great blackout of Facebook and Instagram yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we did add the podcast is now available through Facebook. So if you like the Esoterics podcast page on Facebook, you'll be notified when we get new episodes and you can actually listen to them directly in the Facebook app. It just okay. makes it easier. It is so cool. That is so cool. It's just easy. Just trying mm-hmm. to make your life easier so you don't have to download extra apps. Or if you don't like Facebook, whatever, Apple Podcasts, we're all there. If you mm-hmm. do you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please make sure to leave us a review because we'd please. love to feature you in our marketing. Yes, those are fun. Yeah. So thank you for sharing space with us today. Stay mystical, magical, and ready to do it again next week when we'll be talking about Ouija, the history of the spirit board. Ooh. I know. Spooky dooky. Spooky, spooky. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye.